If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to wait till you find it. Thank God for those of you who bring your Bible uh, to God's house. Just keep on looking. Somebody help those who are around you. If they're struggling, well, help them find it. Second Timothy 4. Dean, your helpmate's right there beside you, son. He's looking over in the 40 acres. Well, help your bride. I love to hear y'all laugh. I do. It's better than crying. You know, it takes, it's a, a smile is something you can give away. Don't cost a dime. And it's easier to smile than it is to frown. Somebody said the reason we have so many wrinkles is because we frown more than we smile. I'm in trouble. It don't look like it's getting any better. (laughs) 2 Timothy 4, 1. Paul says, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their their ears from the truth, and shall turn to fables. But watch you in all things, endure the afflictions, do the work of evangelists, make full proof of your ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, the time of my departure is at hand, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Here, hereafter, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Brother Max, son, would you lead us in prayer? <clears throat> Amen. You may be seated. I don't have to tell you that football season is here. It's off the ground and running, and I hope your team won out yesterday. Uh, if it didn't, uh, give them another chance. But football season is here. Well, what usually happens on Friday evening and Saturday morning? Come on. What? Somebody going to have to speak up loud and you're speaking. Saturday morning? What? Who said that? Tailgate. Wow. I can tell y'all into this. <laughs> and before this over, you're going to think you're not in it either. Y'all know I'm not a football fan, okay? I do watch it occasionally. I don't look at something once in a while. But in the daytime, I just cannot sit down in the middle of the day and watch a ball game. Unless I got one of the youngins playing in it, okay? But it's football season. It's tailgate time. Well, what happens to that? People eat. Don't they? They eat. Uh, they fly their flags. Uh, They paint their faces, they blow their horns, they get ready for the game. Excitement is in the air, and their team is going to win. That's what their attitude is. 
Now, what I'm going to attempt to do this morning is compare football to church, okay? So you hang in there because it may not all come out just right. And for those of you who are coaches, I don't need you to come up to me at the end of the sermon and say, you didn't quite get that right. I understand. Hello? I mean, it is what it is. But I thought about this. Now, this is a serious note. If you're in the merge group, I want you to stand right now. Stand up. If you're in the merge group, let's hit the floor, y'all. Come on. Let everybody know where you are. Now, this is not all the merge group. Y'all be seated. I want you in the merge group to think about what I'm fixing to say. It may not work. Okay? That's what the boys said to the coach. It may not work. He said, try it. I would love to see what, what if we as a Christians tailgated on Sunday morning? Are you listening? Now, this not only involves the merged group, this involves our deacons, our Sunday school teachers, our lay workers, and you who's sitting in the end zone. Hello? I think we ought to get here early. Most of you get up early anyway. Set up tables and chairs up under the drive through Have coffee. Juices, donuts, biscuits, have Christian flag flying, painting crosses on our jaws. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Passing out Bibles, tracts, have our youth out beside the road waving all kind of banners like Sunday school and saved and lost and what have you. Ushers, parking cars. More youth helping the elderly in. And a few people at least inside the building praying for the tailgating. And it all be free. Now, maybe we could do this because the year is, is, is about expired. Um, maybe we could do this in the place of our five preacher revival. It'll cost some money. It's okay. Church has got money. Hey, I'm so thankful. Make sure you look at the, uh, not now, but make sure you look at the, uh, the finances thing that's going on. I mean, it's just amazing what God is doing through you. Oh, we've never done it like this before. I don't care. Let's do it and see what happens. If we get one, hey, one is better than none. But if we don't do something, what do we expect? Well, I just want to share with you fighting the good fight. Because I remember those days in uh, football, high school band, and uh, them singing that fight song. Hey, I mean screaming at the top of your lungs, having a spell for your team. Now, some of you are just too quiet. Okay, I've tried to... Well, no, I ain't tried. I love y'all. I try to set an example. Listen, it's okay to raise your hands in here to praise the Lord. It's okay to say hallelujah. It's okay to say amen. If you sit there quietly, you may go to sleep. Fall over and break an ear. Anybody ever broke an ear? I know one man had his ear cut off. <laughs> Jesus put it right back on. So it's okay. But we need to fight the good fight. I mean, it's amazing to me. 
when we look at chapter four, verse one, my Bible in the word charge is all capital letters. I charge you before God. Man had a great football team. Great football team. But wasn't winning a whole lot of games. And he told his boys, he called, when he called, got them in the locker room before going out on the field. He said, now boys, I know that, that some of you are Christian in here, and I, I thank God for you. He said, those of you who are Christian, when you get out on that line tonight, you're strung out there and you're down and you raise your head and look that opponent in the eyeball. And just simply say, are you saved? He said, he'll take his mind off of what he's doing. The ball's hot. Boom! You'll knock him on his hind end every time. Look at him. Look at him. Eyeball to eyeball. Say, are you saved, man? Hey, and hit him hard. I was talking to Jared and Jacob over here. I said, boys, I, I was so thrilled. Uh, Friday night full last we were out on the lake and had our transistor radio playing, and we, we dialed in the, uh, the West Oak ball game. And several times I heard, Jarrett Grimes, Jarrett Grimes. And I told him a while ago, I said, son, don't you quit. I don't want quit to come out of your mouth. Girls quit. I'm just joking. <laughs> I told them that because that'll spur them on, see. But I love you girls, too. Y'all not going to quit either. I know you won't. We've got to have cheerleaders. We've got to have band players and, and all this. But the Bible says, I charge you before God. I want you to understand something. We, as people, period, we're all going to stand before God. Lost and saved. We're going to stand before God. So Paul was saying to Timothy, son, I charge you before God. That you pay attention, that you do what you're supposed to do. Well, God is the coach, okay? And uh, you've got to trust the coach. Even if he's making mistakes, he is the coach, right? That's right. Caleb was at Anderson College, now university, playing baseball, and it didn't tear him up to strike out. I mean, he couldn't take it, and... It was a ball game, and it was tough. And I mean, things was happening. People were screaming and yelling, and all of a sudden, he struck out. Ooh, he went back toward the dugout. He took his helmet, and he slung that thing. I'm thinking, look out, boy. I seen the coach calling him over and set him down. I didn't know what he said to him, but he didn't play no more that rest of that game. Got home, I said, son, I said, I know that bothered you. Daddy, that wasn't a strike. I said, but the umpire said it was. That wasn't a strike. I said, the umpire said it was. I said, that was unlike you to sling your helmet. I couldn't help it, Daddy. I just couldn't help it. I said, what did the coach say? If you don't mind telling me. He said, well, Daddy, he said this. He said, Caleb, you, you, he said, if I had 10 players like you, I wouldn't even go out there to coach them. I'd let you boy, the 10, 10 players do it. But he said, you knew better than to throw your helmet. He said, if I hadn't have took you out of the game, every boy could have thrown his helmet and got away with it. He said, I'm sorry, but I had to make an example. God loves us, but God is sorry sometimes to have to do us the way he does us to make an example for us, for others to follow, because we don't need to be a stumbling block, right? 
We need to be on top of things for God. And so he says, I charge you. In other words, God is the coach. And uh, we've got to trust the coach. Well, the pastor is the quarterback, okay? And he's getting his instructions from the coach. Um, now, I may not tell this right, and if I don't, don't worry about it, okay? Just don't fret over it. Uh, but I, I, this team was on, had, on a, a two-yard line. One but three minutes left in the ball game. The coach calls a huddle. He said, boys, we're in trouble. We're on a two-yard line. He said, here's what I want you to do. You know the plays to run, and I want you to run two plays, and then I want you to punt. Sir, he said, you heard what I said. They come out of the huddle. They go to the line, and the quarterback's thinking, two plays and punt? Well, the ball's hiked. Umpire, I mean, the uh, quarterback sees a man downfield. He slings the ball, catches it. Somebody knocks him down. 50 yards. Wow, here's a first down. We've left second, uh, second yard. We're on, the, we're on down the field here. They come back to the huddle. He said, come, uh, the quarterback said, guys, that's great, man. Let's do the same play. Let's do the same play. No, 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 no. You hand the ball off to me and I'll go one way and you pretend you got the ball and you go the other way. They did that, got 15 yards. Now they had a, they had a uh, first down again. They come to the hole. Well, the quarterback says, remember what the coach said, punt. What? You hear what he said? They line up on the line. Quarterback steps back. Coach, he's looking. He is looking. He's thinking, what, what are they doing? The ball's hot to the quarterback. He kicked. Poo! He's watching the ball. Everybody's running. The ball falls just short of a field goal. And the whistle blows. A halftime's over. They go to the locker room. They're all sitting on the pews. The, the pews, you're right. They're sitting. <laughs> you, you remember what I said? I compared this with church family. They're all sitting on the pews. Head down, hung out, you know. And the coach, he's just, uh, he's just pacing back and forth with his head down. He stops right in front of the quarterback and looks at him and says, What were you thinking? Quarterback drops his head a minute and he said, What a dumb coach I got. <laughs> I mean, what, what could he have said? Well, our God's not dumb. Hello? Our God is wise. Our God is all-knowing. It's the quarterback that's in the churches that is not always listening to the coach. Because it's my job to help you play the game. And by the way, it is a game of life that we are in. And he said, I charge you before God, saying we're going to stand before him. And we're going to give an account. And I think about that. I think of all the things that, you know, I try to, I, I'm the pastor, okay? I'm the preacher. It's my, my responsibility to, to preach and to teach a message that I feel that God would be pleased with, that God gives me. And listen to me, he don't always give it to me, Hello? 
I sat down yesterday evening. I've been struggling all week long. Wednesday came. We had a great Bible study. Good crowd. I went home and it's on my heart and my mind. Are you going to preach that? Are you going to do that? You, you better sit down and do some more reading. Well, I did. And I up and down and pacing and praying and looking and listening. But it was last night. I mean, it done got dark outdoors that I sat down and I said, Lord, I got to get it. And I need you to help me get it lined out the way it needs to be. But I'm going to tell you, my nerves get tore up come, Friday, come Saturday evening and I'm working on Sunday morning sermon. Right, Matt? Hey, that don't get it. I'm serious. Odell's out passing the parking lot right now. Brother David over here, he knows what I'm talking about. It's not easy. Listen, I am not your entertainer. I am your pastor, okay? And I love you, and I want to do all I can to help you play this game so when it's over with, God will say, welcome home. Welcome home. Well, we think about all these things that happened to us along the way. Uh, the huddle, the huddle is right now. We're in the huddle. Right here now in church. We're in the huddle. Your Sunday school class is a part of the huddle. You gather together and you talk about what, what you want to do and how you want to operate. And um, You know, I think many times not all of life is successful. Not every team wins every Friday and Saturday. If somebody's got to lose, some walks away sad, some walks away mad, and then some walk away glad. But when we get knocked down, the best thing to do is just get up. Just get up. And when you mark it down, we're going to get knocked down. We need to run some plays, plays we've already run before, and then come up with some new, new ideas like that tailgating thing. See, where did you get that from? I just got, Hey, I, I thought about what people do on Saturday morning, flying down the highway, flags are flying and the horns are blowing, and I tell you what, you better not get in their way. They on their way to the ball game, and on their mind is the ball game. Get in the park, get in the seat, get in the bojangles first, get the biscuit, get the chicken, and wow, y'all ready to go? I mean, you've you got to get excited. You've got to get in there where it's at. Let's try something different. We're First Baptist Church. I like what Brother Max said way, way, way back yonder. He said, you got this church and that church and this church and that church and this storefront and that storefront. We're First Baptist. We're going to remain First Baptist. We're going to continue to preach and teach and sing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to do it in different ways along the way to meet the needs of the people, to do whatever it takes to get them in there. It's like recruiting. Recruiting. I heard uh, Brother Paul Brown. I don't, how many of you heard the, the, uh, the interview yesterday morning uh, on 103.1? Paul Brown was interviewing um, a past Clemson player who played under uh, Coach Howard. And uh, he talked about how, what a great thing it was. And, they, and then Paul says, well, what do you think about Dabo Swain? He said, what do you think about what he's doing? He said, I'll tell you what. Said he's doing a fantastic job, but said, you know what his number one goal is? To see that those boys graduate from college. Graduate. 
You know what my job is? <laughs> it's to see you graduate into heaven. It's my job. It's my responsibility. You're going to get knocked down. We're going to say, hey, that ain't going to work. We tried it before and it didn't work. Well, let's try it again and see what happens. We've got a different bunch in here. We've got a different crew in here. Um, you know, we as Christians, we've got the ball, y'all. It's right here. We got the ball. It's the Bible. It's, the, it's offensive, though. It's offensive to a lot of people. They don't like the Bible. They don't like God's holy word. But there's also not, not only the offense, but there's the defense. You mark it down, the devil does not want you and I scoring. And he will do anything he can to tackle us, to knock us down and injure us to where we can't play to our full capacity. A second thing we see, not only he said I charge you before God, but verse 2 says preach the word. Preach the word. What he's saying is pray, play by the rules. Play by the rules. You know, the referees are out there and they're giving all kind of signals and all kind of carries on to what's going on. But yet they miss some things, right? They do miss some things. And uh, people get upset about that. Preach the word. The word is Jesus. And he's the referee, by the way. In other words, he's not sitting on the side. Um, referees don't sit on the sideline. They're out in the midst of the game, running up and down the field with the players and, and watching and, and what have you. That's Jesus. He's not sitting on the sideline, boys. He is in the game with us. He's running along with us. He said, I'll never leave you. Neither will I forsake you. I'll be there for you. I'll supply your every need according to his riches and glory. That's what he said he would do. Preach the word. You know, another thing on a football team, everybody's got a position. And you need to know that position. If you're on a football team, you need to know that position. You ask guys, you playing football? Yeah, what position you play? I don't have a clue. <laughs> I just go out there. <laughs> well, if you can't get the ball, first thing you know, the boy went out there and he saw the ball. It was loose. He grabbed it up and run all the way to the end zone in the wrong direction. Uh, hey, at least he, he was trying. You know, some folk won't even pick up the ball. They won't even pick up the Bible. They depend on the Sunday school teacher. They, they depend on the preacher to, to, to read the, the Word of God to them. You don't need to be that way. You need to have a Bible. You know, I felt so, so empty the other day. And I may get in trouble for this, but you hear me good. I do not care. I went to see Miss Jean Rice. Bless her heart. She said, I, I'm, she said uh, I'm just so sick. I want to get well. I want to get back in church. And, and I looked around. And I'm thinking she did, I didn't see no TV on, no radio, uh, no newspaper. And, and, and I said, Miss Jean, I said, did you bring your Bible with you? No, I rushed out to get to the hospital. I was in such pain. I, I didn't bring my Bible. Whoever's over the Greenville Hospital system is a jack leg. I said, whoever's over the Greenville Hospital system is a jack leg. They've taken the Bibles out of the hospital. There wasn't no Bible in there. 
I told Lynn, I said, I got a good mind to buy a bunch of reasonably priced Bibles, and every time I go to the hospital, just leave it. Put my name in it. If you don't like this word, call this number right here. I mean, what have I got to lose? <laughs> take me to jail, Brother Mike. I'm going to take a case of Bibles with me. Got one under each of them. Boom! Put your knee pads on, your shoulder pads on, your elbow pads on, your cleats on. Be ready to tie up something. But that bothered me. I felt so sorry for her. That bothered me. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, if she had the Bible, she could, just, she could read, read the Bible. Because she was suffering. She was in pain. I'm thinking, my soul. How can anybody be so ignorant? Well, whatever your position is in this church, there's always those guards. They're protecting who? Quarterback. Protect your quarterback. Hey, if you think I'm out of line, tell me. Don't write it on a card and don't sign your name. I suppose, I, I suppose that coaching football is a lot like pastoring a church. Pastors try to get a few um, people to get a lot of work done while most people just watch. In fact, most people have watched so much that they have worn themselves out sitting on the end zone. Just wore themselves out. Sitting, doing nothing. Everybody ought to have something going on. Nothing else, just outreach. Hey, man, I'm visiting. I brought people with me today. I'm, I'm, I'm advertising my church. You better believe on Saturday morning they're talking about the Friday night ball game and then Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday they're talking about the Saturday ball game. They're talking about it. Don't wear out your end zone. Even football players spend a lot of time in a huddle. You know what the huddle is in here? Committees. Committees. Committee meetings. Football coaches seem to be, get criticized as much as pastors do. One coach said he left uh, being the coach of this team because he was uh, because of sickness and he was tired. Somebody asked him about it, and he said, "Well, the fans were sick and tired of him. You know, if things aren't going well. Whose fault is it? It's the coach's fault. He ought to know better." Well, church is not going well. It's the preacher's fault. He's been here too long. He's too old. He's too young. He's too long-winded. And he's a smart aleck. Well, football, too, is like some of our church folk. You throw one or kick one, let it hit the ground. You can't tell which way it's going. Some church folk are like that. You can't tell which way they're going, where they're up and down, in and out, hot and cold. They're just bouncing here and bouncing there. Sir, where are you going to church? Well, I go over here a while, and I go over yonder a while, and over here. I said, where do you, where do you give your money? Well, I, I, I ain't got around to all that yet. But I go to church over here, and I go to church. Just bouncing around like a football loose. Nobody can tell. One fan sits way up high in the grandstands and he's, 
he's thinking, why can't a 17-year-old quarterback throw a football 30 yards to a 16-year-old fan? How come he can't hit him with the ball? He's just dropping in a whining, and then when the game's over, this fan comes out and can't find his own automobile. I mean, really. You know, it's easy to sit up in the stands and scream and holler at the referees and the coach. And uh, I remember way back there, and I know some of you, you, you remember this. I, I'm not sure who said it, but it, they kept somebody in the stands kept hollering, Give the ball to Leroy. Give the ball to Leroy. Give the ball to Leroy. And finally, somebody down on field hollered back and said, Leroy said he don't want the ball. I mean, he won't get mashed in the ground. I mean, if I had the ball, I'd run too. <laughs> I said, look at you, run out of bounds, keep him getting run over. Hey, I don't blame him, I'd run out of bounds too. Do you know what? That's the problem with some of us church folk. We're out of bounds. We're offside. And we're not where we're supposed to be. Listen, we need to get on with it. We need to make it happen, Captain. If we don't, who else is going to? You know, half time's over. It's time to go back on the field. The quarterback's sitting there with the head still down. The coach, uh, the, uh, the, uh, coach says, son, you, come on. He said, I ain't going back out. Why aren't you going back out? You're the quarterback. He said, I didn't like the halftime music. A lot of church folk quit because some little quirk or whine that's went on in the service that they don't like. Well, instead of quit and tell the coach about it, go to the coach. If it's about the quarterback, go to the quarterback. Look, I'm too old to get letters that people forget who they are and write the letter and forget, don't even sign it. I got one such letter one time. It was a chewing out letter, and at the bottom it didn't say who it was. Well, I carried it to church that Sunday. I laid it on the communion table. I said, there's a letter down, right down here that one of you wrote me this week, and you forgot to sign your name to it. It's right here. You can pick it up after the service. It never was picked up. They didn't have guts enough to sign it, let alone pick the thing up. Everybody can't be what you wish everybody was. If everybody was like me, what kind of church would this church be? <laughs> Wouldn't be as good a shape as it is now. That's why everybody's got to do their part. I believe sometimes the reason football teams don't win games because they're out of shape. They're just out there going through the motion. Listen, we need to be in shape. We need to know our position. We need to know who we're serving. We need to know what we're serving for. And we need to protect the quarterback. And we need to pray for one another. Well, be ready. Be ready. That's another thing. Verse 2 says, preach the word. When? Be instant. In season, out of season. Be ready at all times to preach the word. When the time comes, play your position. There's just one team going to win, and guess whose team that is? That's God's team. We are on the winning side. Be totally committed. Look at verse 5. But watch you in all things. Endure affliction. Endure pain. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. And the last thing I want to talk about right quick. Finally, the game's over. Clock's run out. 
cheering section have done all they can do. The band players have played their hearts out. The players have played their hearts out. The the fans are still fans. Next week, it'll be another ball game. It'll be another huddle. It'll be another loss. Or there'll be another win. So I ask you this question. I'll leave you with this. When's the last time you've invited anybody to the game? When is the last time you've invited anybody to church? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Lord, I know without you I'm nothing. But I know with you and through you I can can accomplish all things. Lord, you are so good to us. More than I deserve. Lord, I don't deserve this congregation. God, you give them to me. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you for them. Lord, may I be the kind of quarterback that would please you as the coach. Lord, may I pitch the word. May I pass the word like it's supposed to be passed. And that those that are listening would get a hold to it and run. And run in the right direction. Father, I love you and I thank you for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.